The winds of change are blowing, and it's easy to get lost and off track. Hi, I'm Renee Barabow, the practical shaman, Hay House author of Winds of Spirit, a wind whistler, and soul coat. This is a show for pioneers who want to learn to navigate the world with a chaotic spin awake. Welcome to the Practical Shaman podcast. As what often happens, this great conversation starts before I hit the record button. So today, I've decided we're going to jump right in and we're going to continue the conversation we just had. In fact, last week I interviewed Jorge Luis Delgado and he didn't ha- from Peru and he didn't have any technology and he doesn't know how to use any technology. So we had this beautiful conversation that I thought I was recording on my iPhone and I guess it only recorded dead sound. And so then we got back on and we had all of these communication issues and yet if you I think the whole point of it was that you really, really needed to listen really closely because there was pearls of wisdom in all of those gaps and all of those spaces and all of that difficult communication. And, and today I think we're going to talk about some difficult communications that we've experienced. And my guest is Carol Woodliff, who is a shaman and author, and her award-winning book, From Scare to Sacred, is a memoir and a reflection on bringing the sacred into everyday moments. Her current writing project is about healing the heart of business. She has worked as a manager in some of the the nation's most prestigious corporate law firms and as a marketing and business development person in the engineering field. She is also a book doula. She mentors authors as they move from concept to birth of a completed manuscript. And you can find out more about her at carolwoodliff.com. And at the end, she'll give you some resources. Hey, Carol, I'm always so excited to to have a conversation with you. I know. That's why I said it started as we were just ramping up and we're like, okay, let's, let's get this recording going. It's always fun to be here, Renee. And let's talk about the book doula thing, because I was just explaining to her how this morning I, I, I was over on Amazon UK sending my book to someone in Greece and uh, there was a one star review there. And, you know, since Carol's written a book and she's taken from the scare to the sacred and put it out in the world, she understands that, that what happens when you start reading uh, book reviews about your, the sacred work that you've worked five years, six years, or how 30 years of healing to get out there. And then people just, you know, come by and put a little kibashi mark on it. And, and you like, I wonder, wow they you know miss something and you were telling me what you did when you were looking for your book about reading the other reviews i went to the books that i love the authors that absolutely moved me that helped me that healed me and read their one and two star reviews Hmm. i read all the people that went "Eh, don't like it or, or or she's a quack or he's a nut or you know all the things and I read them all and then I went you know there's always someone who's not going to be on your frequency or vibration level or whatever you want to call it who's not going to like it and you think about in everything you go to a movie and your friends have told you it's a great movie and you go eh, I don't get it so <laughs> it just made it a little less personal for me to go oh, Marianne Williamson got all these awful reviews and, um, you know, different people that I really loved their writing and I love what they do in the world. And then it made me say to myself, well, I can be in that group. I can be in the group of people that absolutely touch my people. And then there are going to be people who are just going to go, don't like her, 
not going to get her, not going to get the book. And it, it softened my heart because I, it's like someone telling you they they don't like your child. You know, you've spent all this time and then someone goes, your kids, your, your kids just awful. And when you know they're not, and that's the thing, it's like, you know, when your kid's being bullied, you're like, oh, how do I help this? So it was very helpful to me to do that. So any other author who's out there, it's always just good to look at what you like and what, you know, where they're getting bad reviews. How true is that? And also another thing that we were talking about is sacred ironing. And, 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 and that goes to the same thing for me. It's like, wow, I, I think of how many times that I've gotten on Yelp and had a bad meal and then just lambasted bastard the person who had this, this you know in the, my experience of it and thought like hmm how many times have I done that to somebody else or something else without really being considerate of it and that that when we started to talk, talk about that we started to move into this conversation about uh Aini and and I and you know in the Peruvian tradition that means today for me tomorrow for you and a lot of times as shamans and healers in the world, we can't always recognize that our rewards are coming from alternate sources. Right. The fact that there might be not enough people at a workshop, but then meanwhile, I have this client that I'm probably going to have for the next couple of years, you know, with a monthly steady income. And so, you know, in, in our world, we start to think of like, well, why am I not getting it here? And how, you know, so let's talk about sacred ironing, because I know, like me, you've had to, you've not had to, but you offer your service in the world in a corporate environment as well, when we like to believe that, boy, I wish this shaman work was just, you know, taking care of the ducks and the feeding the chickens and, you know, and you were talking about that, about it in the olden days. In the olden days, in the days where shamans were a part of the community, we you know, they were provided a place to live, you know, they were given food from the tribe, you know, they were seen as the integral part of how the tribe survived because shamanism, as you know, was very practical. It wasn't this thing that so many people think of woo-woo, it was where do we hunt? How are we gonna find food? When's the time to plant? All of those things, the shaman helped by their knowledge of spirit and their knowledge of the stars and you know everything helped the tribe survive and now people have set that spirituality kind of off to the side and they've we've got this western mindset that spirit sh should be given for free and healers and spirit people shouldn't charge a lot of money because it comes from spirit and our exchange right now is money. We don't give the shaman, no one's paying my rent and you know, bringing me chickens. Um, <laughs> so we have to look at what that reciprocity is. And I think we're in a culture right now that talks about what do I get for me rather than sacred Aini. I look at sacred Aini as the infinity sign. You know, you give, you receive, you give, and you receive, and we're all in that interconnectedness. But sometimes that doesn't happen. And that's why a lot of us who are doing healing work, I tried to do a practice 
that was just my shaman, my hypnosis, and some, I wasn't doing book coaching at the time. But what I found happened is then I got, there'd be the time coming at the end of the month when rent was due and someone would cancel their appointment. And I would be like seizing in fear of how I was going to pay that amount. And after several months of doing that, I was like, you know what? I'd rather work a job and just have that steady check and not like a full, full-time job. I don't work, I don't work a 60 hour a week most times, sometimes with projects I do, but you know, I'm like working 30 hours a week or 28 hours a week. <laughs> and um, what I found with that in doing that is then I could be much more generous and not be cranky and get into a lack of flow because the more I griped, the more the flow stopped. So having that backup was important for me. It may not be important for other people. You know, some other people seem to manage to get the um, flow going and be in a place where they don't need that corporate job. But I think a lot of us as healers judge the fact that we need that corporate job rather than maybe looking at for the reason why am I being drawn and put in that situation? How am I bringing my light into that situation? Or who is there that needs me? Mm -hmm. And I do that too. Um, you know, I've worked in the addiction treatment field and I noticed when I'm not, for two years they sent me home to work from home, and which was great while I was writing and doing everything. Mm -hmm. But then I started to miss the tribe. I started to miss the community up there. And I also noticed that the longer I stayed away, that the energy of, that I brought there wasn't there. One thing that I was thinking about as you were talking about that old story about the, the man on the roof in the flood. You've heard that story right. where all of a sudden the fireman comes by, he says, no, I'm waiting for God. Then the, you know, the, the, somebody else comes by, no, no, I'm waiting for God. And then all of a sudden the flood overtakes him and he's at the pearly gates and, you know, he's getting his reconciliation and they're they're like why didn't you what you know why are you here and well because i was waiting for god and they said well what about the firemen you know the policemen and the the other people who came by in the boat to get you and we do that so often that we don't even remember that maybe these jobs sometimes is the spiritual community providing for us like you know i was so clear that my boss used to say to me I had to give you a month off and to go right because you were so clear on that's what you were going to do. You know, so that when you get clear that the right job comes along, have you found that to be true in your situation? I, I find it. I also find that there, that it's that clarity because mm -hmm. we, we want the corporate environment to bend for us mm -hmm. and, uh, and sort of go, Oh, I understand what mm -hmm. you're doing. I have managed to my whole life. If you looked at my resume, I worked at a major corporate mergers and acquisition law firm. It's the fifth highest grossing law firm in the entire world. It's big deal in the Goldman Sachs Bank of America type world in that high level corporate world. I started there as a manager. And then I went up and basically ended up running an office for them for a period of time. And then I went, this is not what I want to do. 
this is not me. And I spent another 15, 16 years there devolving my career, meaning I went and started working weekends part time. I started, you know, coming in on an on call basis. I ended up being like a project troubleshooter for them. And for 21 years, I worked there. But if you look at my resume, it actually looks like it's the reverse of what a normal corporate career would be because I start as a manager and I end as an hourly paralegal. And, and, but what it was is I was so clear about what I could bring to them and what I wanted in my life. And somehow for 21 years, it worked. And then it didn't work because I was supposed to move on to something else. So um, it can be really frustrating being in that environment. But one of the things I try to remember that as healers and as shaman, we're supposed to walk in both worlds. Mm -hmm. Shamans aren't the spiritual healer on the top of the mountain who sits there and doesn't interact with the rest of the world. They're intricately involved in the world. So, you know, my going into a geotechnical engineering firm, which I find very interesting because it's all about dirt and soil and groundedness. And can we build on this land? If we're gonna build a bridge here, how deep do the pilings have to go to make a safe bridge for earthquakes, you know? And so when I look at that, the universe is providing me something that keeps me very connected to mother earth, to being grounded. But we have to watch our stories because I can also be in the story of like, why do I have to work this job? And oh, this is corporate America and they don't care about me and blah, 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 blah. And you can go into that. And I think we're human. So we have days where we do that. But if we're going to live our healing practice, our shaman practice, our spiritual practice, we have to flip that around and go, okay, what grows for me? What's here for me? And when I always ask spirit to show me when the revolving door has hit that open spot where it's time for me to move on, because, you know, there's a point if you're in one of those revolving doors in a big office building, there's only two points. There's an exit and an entrance. <laughs> and if you try to do anything else in those other things, you're just beating yourself against the glass. So my goal for myself is just not beat myself against the glass as much and to watch for openings and watch for openings within the environment where I can shift things, where I can shift, you know, and where I can be of service to that collective that I'm working with. So it's a, it's a challenging thing to walk in multiple worlds because it's not just two worlds, it's multiple worlds we walk in. So. Absolutely, and I love that about the entrance and the exit. I'm in a, a company that's been going through a, an acquisition for, and for a couple of years they let us alone, but this is the year. And what I keep telling people that's my experience is, well, if this no longer works for you, then it's time for you to leave. Right. This is not the same organization we joined. Like, and, and if you think about a harvest season and, and a planting season, if you, everything goes back to that. Right. You plant and then, you know, and so what you, 
is your garden the same in the fall as when you when you plant it in the spring? Hopefully not. And over seasons, if you've worked at companies for a long period of time, even if there's no acquisition or no merger, nothing that changes that, which is my old law firm world, constantly changing corporations. But even if there isn't, in that 21 years I worked at that law firm, it was about, I'd say every 18 months, something shifted and there was a new zeitgeist, a new way to be within that organization. It doesn't stay static. The people come and go. The corporate goals change. So there's a natural cycle within that corporate world that, you know, we have to look at what is. And then can I make changes within what is? Or is it time for me to change where I'm planted? and move into a new thing. And it's so easy to get angry over what's going on and feel powerless, but our power is in our choice to move, to shift. And you know, when I first started working at this particular company, I was like, why am I here? This just doesn't even make sense to me. But you know, it was, I needed a job, this job came along. I'm a great writer. They needed a marketing writer, help with proposals. I was like, I can do this in my sleep. It's not a problem to do the work. But I was just like, really? Geotechnical engineering, why am I here? And then I got in, my, in the office after they hired me and I sat down and I was talking with a peer and her mother had Parkinson's. Mm. My mother died of Parkinson's. Her mother was in the death journey with Parkinson's and I went, so, you know, she'd come in and she'd talk about what her mom was going through and there's some dementia that happens with Parkinson's. There's some repetitive thoughts and things that happen. And I would be like, yep, that's the disease. That's not your mom. Just, you know, and just to be able to be there for her and be that, yep, I, I hear you. That's so hard. It's so hard to watch. It's so hard to witness, you know, and just to be the person who could listen to her. That was my, um, that I, then I could make that my purpose in addition to the writing and the, you know, the work. But I think we often look at purpose as work as opposed to the human interactions at work. I love that. That's great. Yeah. It, so, but you still keep time for your ceremonies and stuff. So, and, and you're sensitive, you're an empath. So right. talk about a little bit how you don't get depleted, like, you know, that you don't get sucked into the, the, day, the day happening so that you can be more available to the sacred in your own journey, in your own work that's outside of that continue. I think it's all one thing. So I don't want right. to sound like yeah. there's something separate. I used to think they were all separate. Now I know it's all one life. Right. And that's when you come to that conclusion, it takes some time sometimes to get to that place where you're going, oh, I'm not compartmentalizing my life anymore. I'm going to live in the flow of my life. Um, there's some things that I had to learn and I'm still learning. I mean, there are days I come home, I'm absolutely depleted and I'm grumpy and I'm like, I, this is not, this is not the life I thought I was going to have. You know, we all have that. We're human. 
But what I found is the more I incorporate the sacred and the idea of sacred work and going as Carol's shaman into this other environment and what can I do in this environment? What does Carol need for herself? So Carol needs to look at work as sacred, look at it as a possibility for sacred interaction of sacred service, number one. Because if I just, yeah, Luna, Luna's, I have a dog, everyone, and Luna is anticipating the arrival of the mailman. And she's she's talking. That's her sacred work. I'm hoping he doesn't come while we're on the phone on the call here. But if he does, it'll be um, we'll hear her because she's got to tell him that it's time for him to go away and not come back till Monday Um, (laughs) (laughs) or whatever day, whatever day anybody's listening to the next day. But the idea of starting my day, inviting spirit to go with me into the Mm. office. How do you do that? You know, invite. Well, I do it in my meditation in the morning and I like really ask my guides and my teachers to go before me into the space, whether sometimes I'm working from home. So it's not necessarily that I'm driving to work, but like I'm envisioning the office, the people I work with and all of that, that we're in a higher interaction, that our souls are in that higher interaction in addition to the day-to-day, okay, this has to have 10 copies and we got to get it mailed out to here and all the things that happen just on the rote part of work. So it might be something as simple as like, if I were going to open, which I did before we got on the call, it might be just as simple as, dear spirit, guides and teachers, go with me into this call with Renee. Go with me into this interaction guide me, heal my heart so that I'm not operating out of my wounds, but that we can all work from our highest together, that we can make this project happen and that we can um, get this to be a sacred interaction where I recognize the divinity of every person that I work with. How beautiful so, is that? you know, so just in, saying that prayer, I find that I get little spirit nods, little whispers of this person has something else going on. They're not just being a jerk. Ask what's going on in their life. Ask, you know, ask. Don't go back into your office and go, well, he was, you know, ask. And the person may or may not participate in sharing, but You know, when someone's cranky and you say, hmm, what's going on? You know, what's going on? What's what's the challenge here? What's going on? You know, often the person will say something like, my mother's in the hospital. Or, you know, something that's not work-related that they're holding, and then we're connected in our humanity, not just in the project you know, and the, the work environment. So I think it's really important to remember, even when we want to say that, oh, corporations are greedy or they're whatever or whatever, they're all made up of people who have needs, who are playing a game within this environment 
And when we connect to each other heart to heart as humans, it's a totally different experience than if we buy into, oh, he's a senior vice president and I can't ask him how his life is. You know, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's, you know, when he's cranky, when he's yelling, I don't, I don't have to like listen to him yell. I could say, there's something deeper going on here. What is it? You're not just ticked at me because this is going to take an extra hour. What's going on? You know, That's well, great. I wanted to, I wanted to be out of here by five because I want to go visit my mom at the hospital. I can help facilitate that. <laughs> you know, I can say, go, I can have you know, someone bring the documents by your house tonight, or I can email you stuff or whatever. But when we're caught in the position, you know, we get caught in positions. He's bad. I'm this, I know, you know, so it's just, it's a challenge that, you know, and then to flip back to what I do at the end of the day, I try to find ways to disconnect, to say, okay, work is done. And I'm going to clean up my energy from that interaction. So for me, walking my dog, when I, when I get done taking that break, I love to do nature, like notice what's going on in nature around me. Um, sometimes it's take, if the day is really gross, it's like taking a shower and washing it off. Um, changing my clothes, if I'm not, even if I'm not going to take a shower, taking those work clothes off, putting a new set of clothes on so I can be relaxed. It really is finding those ways for me that are almost like a ritual, a ceremony, the sacred ceremony of I want, a, I, I want a different energy now than I had then. So what do you do, Renee? What do you, what, what do, you do for yourself? Well, I was just thinking that today I posted a picture of the black rock that I hold. Mm -hmm. I, I keep this black rock in my car and when I'm really feeling stressed and I have another one at home, I have lots of black rocks and I just hold it in my hand and I, I insist, I command that all the energy that is not mine goes into this black rock. And one of my healing teachers uh, suggested that for every hour that you're working with a client or working at a job, you hold, the, you hold this rock and decharge for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, an eight hour day, 10 minutes, you know, you'd be having that rock in your hand for a long time, but you can feel once the energy shifted. Mm -hmm. The other thing I've been doing a lot this summer is swimming. You know, there's something about, and I'm not even, sometimes I'm just lying there and asking all of the things that aren't mine to drip off of me. So I do that. Uh, I take wind walks, you know, yeah. which, are, which are described in the book. Do you, you, do you have a copy of your book, Candy, there? I do. Hold on. Oh, let's show them your book, too. There's mine. <laughs> I love the cover and, and stuff. Carol also takes pictures of trees. She yeah. loves trees. So Yeah. I I I I find that you know, you mentioned swimming. I've gotten into floating. The yeah, floating. Salt, <laughs> salt the salt water. Oh. Thing. There's a float place near me. And in January for my birthday, they had a group on that was like, you know, a so I was like, I'm going to do that for my birthday. And I've been going at least twice a month, sometimes every week if I need to, as it's an hour in a tank 
you know, where the salt content of the water is so much you don't even have to work to float. You just lay back and, and the, you can have the room dark and quiet or you can have the light kind of half on in music and just give myself that reconnection to the mother, the womb, the idea of being in that floaty supported place. I think water is so critical to that. And I'm not a big swimmer because I don't like chlorine. So a lot of the pools have chlorine in them and they really bother me. But this is with that salt environment, it's just so soothing for me. So to find those things that regularly support you. I'm a big bath person. Every time I look at houses where people have taken out the, the baths and, and put in all showers, I go, not my house. <laughs> Right, not my house either. <clears throat> well, as we come to a close here, that's, those are great suggestions. Uh -huh. and, and salt water actually pulls out heavy, dense energies as well. Right. So, but I've never heard it described in such a way that made me like get in the car and go over and check out the, the, the tank because it was like felt claustrophobic to me. But I'm going to try it. So Carol, where can people reach you if they want to know more about your book doula work or your, she does a lot of ceremonies. Um, during seasonal ceremonies in LA. So where can people find out more about you? Um, my website is carolwoodliff.com. Um, and the, the, the best way right now is my business page on Facebook is Carol Woodliff Author. But I welcome people to connect with me personally if they want to connect on Facebook. I still have enough friends space left if they want to, <laughs> because I find a lot more happens on my personal page than on my, than my, on my business pages. It seems with the Facebook algorithms and that there's more interaction on the personal page. And if you want to check out tree pictures or nature pictures that I take on my walks, which are part of my meditation, you can find me on Shaman on the Walk on Instagram. Yay. Yay. And for those of you who are listening and resonate with the Practical Shaman podcast, please subscribe so you'll be updated. Uh, we do these weekly and have wonderful guests who share a wealth of experience that helps you realize that shamanism is practical and valuable in your life every single day. And it's not something esoteric and woo-woo that's over there for other people, but that you can start to take these principles and make your life more sacred. And sometimes it means moving out of the, the fear and into the sacred a lot. So I really want to thank you for being here with us today and check out her book, check out my book. Yeah, check out Renee's book. There's so much beautiful wisdom what I like about Renee's book for everybody because it's hard for the author always to you know promote in a way is you can read the book but where I find the book most valuable is using it every day and flip to a page and see it's one of those sort of books you don't even have to read the whole book to get divine wisdom it's like you can use it like a deck. And I know a deck of cards is, you know, it's another thing. You've got little cards about the wind, but you can just flip to a page in the book. Flip, if you have it on Kindle, you can just go to a random page along and see what it has to share. And it's always amazing to me how wise those winds are. So thank you for your work, Renee, because it's so beautiful. Thank you. Yes, they are really wise. And 
they they remind me of that of every day yeah <laughs> all right until all right. next week and we'll have you back for sure talk about some more sacred all right have a great all day right. everyone